Oh my god. 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 Did you hear? Did you hear? No. Oh, well, I'll about I'm about to tell you. I'm about to tell. The in between is back. Ow! It's Wednesday, <laughs> dude. Hump day. The in between is freaking back, guys. That's Welcome. right. Welcome. I'm Erin. I'm Mary Kate. It's not Mary Kate. She's lying. <gasps> um, Don't tell anyone. And we are here to give you your daily dose of us. Weekly dose. Yeah. I mean, we can make it daily. And we know to. that this is never enough. So yeah. So please feel free to follow us on. on. Twitter. Mary Kate doesn't want you to follow her on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. (laughs) Totally. I don't know if you'll be satisfied. You probably will. Little alarmed, but it's a good Twitter. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Twitter, this is something I've wanted to do for um, a while now, about a week. Um, I sent in my This American Life Fellowship application um, last week. April 1st, I believe it was. That's Mm -hmm. when it was due. So I sent it in, I think, like a day before the due date. And... um, Ira Glass, if you are listening right now, I am a wonderful st- storyteller. I am trained in acting. I am a writer. Mm-hmm. I love a good novel. Yep. I love a good episode of This American Life, mm-hmm. Invisibilia, Fresh Air. Mm-hmm. I would make a wonderful, wonderful addition to the NPR team. And um, I hope you're enjoying the show if you are listening. And stay tuned. We're going to be talking about a lot of interesting topics, toxic masculinity. But first, we're just going to give you a little week update right i also would like to endorse aaron on every single one of those skills and let me just say aaron introduced me to this american life uh like a year ago a little over a year ago my life hasn't been the same since no. you're the, it hasn't been this american Ameri- life. yeah your american life has not been this the same since <laughs> <laughs> um Okay, so anyway, so let's, uh, as Aaron said, we're going to be hearing from my brother a little bit later. His name is Cameron, and my name is Mary-Kate, and we are siblings. together we are the O'Meara's. (laughs) (laughs) And um, yeah, we'll be hearing from him a little bit later. Um, It's funny, I'm interested to see how this goes, because uh, my roommate was just saying to me the other day, she was like... Wait, can't, my brother and I just had our like uh, friendversary on Facebook. Like we've been Facebook friends for nine years now, and it's really funny because obviously we've known each other our whole lives. And so I like shared it on Facebook, and everyone was like, "Wow, congrats on the friendship!" <laughs> and then I commented, "I thought this was funny of me." I said, "Yeah, you know, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose family." Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. chose him as my friend. <laughs> um, um, speaking of siblings, it's National Siblings Day. Oh, and, it is, I and forgot. I am not going to talk about it, and I'll tell you exactly why. I don't think it actually is it's National not Siblings no Day. No one endorsed it. Let Nobody endorsed it. Um, I don't understand why. I feel like it comes up on my Instagram feed like every couple weeks just to remind me that I have siblings and I love my <laughs> siblings. Like they're there. They're great. It's just a Disneyland with them. Um, but I don't need a day every couple weeks to remind me that. And I don't think I need everyone else's siblings on my Instagram feed. Um, hold, let's listen to this quick tidbit via Wikipedia. It says Siblings Day holiday. And it says it's recognized annually in some parts of the United States honoring the relationship of siblings. Unlike Mother's Day and Father's Day, it is not federally recognized, though the Siblings Day Foundation 
is working to change this. I think you guys need to stop working so hard. And <laughs> Can say, I get a job at the Siblings pick up a Day new, Foundation? Pick up a new hobby. I think they would hire people me. People of the Siblings Day Foundation. Hey, they're a nonprofit. Siblings Day Foundation. Huh. All right. Anyway. Um, okay. So, um, so let's give I am a sucker for some R. Kelly updates. Yeah. I'm sorry. Aaron's know. very sick of we them. We were just at Whole Foods. I think they are just so funny. I said no funny. more. So no more funny. Kelly. I sent this to Aaron the other day. And she was just like, what? But I think it's really funny. Yeah. I was opening my email, I think on Monday, maybe. And the first uh, piece of news that came up on my Yahoo homepage was R. Kelly. R. Kelly charged fans $100 for tickets to a 28-second performance. <laughs> I'm just saying I hope he's saying ignition for 28 seconds. Well, I need to or, know what or, he was saying for 28 he, seconds. Or he reenacted his interview with Gail King. Oh. That's the only thing that, I would pay $100 for I'd pay, I'd pay over, seconds. Yeah, I'd pay over 100 for that. I need help. I need, I need someone, someone to be. be- <laughs> um, Doesn't get old. But in other news, um, um, let's just do a little week update. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was recently given a job opportunity dun, 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 in Espana as a teaching um, sort of like a language assistant. Mm-hmm. As you can tell, I'm extremely excited about it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm actually pretty frustrated about it, to yeah. be honest with you. This is, I was we, given, we, this is the story that you told, I think, in like yes, episode this four is about the man about, spilling the coffee yes, on himself. So I should Arbor, have known. I should forget. have turned away at that point. Yeah. But I didn't because I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right. So essentially, they placed me in Valencia, which is a beautiful town um, on the sea south of Barcelona. Um, it's gorgeous, but they were like, here's your placement. Also, you have to find your own housing, your own roommates, and we can't disclose the name of the school or where the school is. Just like a simple address until you accept the position. Yeah, I didn't tell you about that. And That's here's the worst part. shady. Here's yeah. three days. You have three days until, like, uh, to make a decision. So... I spent, um, what was it, Monday, so stressed out. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take my time. And I'm going to tell them when I want. And if they say that it's too late, then it's, you know, it's it wasn't meant to be. And I um, think that's probably just the best thing I can do for myself. Um, Although it would be nice to be on the beach in Spain. Wait, so. I'm not a teacher. How is that allowed that they're not allowed to tell you where this well because so like for teach for america i applied for teach for america and it's like when you get it you just get your like location so kind of similar to this like you just found out that you were in valencia Mm -hmm. and when you get teach for america that you only find out like what area Mm -hmm. you're in in the u.s um but i think they give you a lot more time to decide yeah and i know that they have a lot more housing resources just but also like this is in your home country like teach for america like mm-hmm. i can't imagine going about finding your own and i know full well that i don't speak spanish because yeah that was that like too. one of the things that they were interested in they, they don't like, want we, you to speak spanish exactly. yeah so anyway we don't really have to talk about it as much because <laughs> i've um kind of come to it a conclusion that it's pretty whack yeah. so i'm just gonna 
kind of ride that wave until I decide what I want to do next year. Yeah. Um, Have you ever, you've never done a homestay situation, right? I haven't, but that's what I thought I was going to get myself yeah. into. Did you want to? Me. I would have been interested in it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. So it would have been a good way to learn Spanish. And, mm-hmm. um, but oh well, you yeah. know, on to the next one. Maybe we'll see. Um, this American life could be happening. <laughs> so. Ira. So speaking of homestay, so uh, my friend Grace did a homestay in Mexico and I met with her this morning and we were talking about, so I had a very, very, very long night last night. I'll paint the picture for you. Yeah, you should. <laughs> so we get assigned 40 pages of Joan Didion to read for our nonfiction class. Love Joan Didion. It was 40 pages, yeah. It was like 20 pages, but like scanned like a book. So mm-hmm. like two pages on each page. And... um it was great, but like I was exhausted by the time I had finished it. Um, by the way, Joan Didion's The White Album, highly recommend. It's really good, especially for all of you, though, all of those of you who are interested in like 1960s America just, pop like, culture. Journalism in general. Yeah, it's really, really good. Anyway, so I, it's like really late and I'm really tired and I finally finished reading that 40 pages of it. And my roommate is sitting on the couch in our living room and I finish and I close up my laptop and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And so I put my things away and then I grab my water bottle and I start walking towards my kitchen to fill up my water bottle before I go to bed. As I'm almost entering my kitchen out of, and I have very, very bad vision. Like I just see like straight in front of me, a beastly cockroach laying on its back, squirming with all of its might trying to flip itself back over onto its right side its legs were like flutter it's like 30 legs were like fluttering in the air and it kept like rolling around and like trying to squirm and make its way back up onto its right side up and I obviously stopped in my tracks maybe pooped my pants a little bit and then yelled to my roommate and we got a box and we put a box over it before it could flip back over because once those things flip back over, they're like really fast and hard to like, and they like creep under everything. So like it's there, you want to keep your eye on it, you know, so you can get it or else I'm not sleeping that night if we didn't catch it, you know? So not that I slept last night anyway, but so we put a box over it and then I kid you not, my roommate and I spent like two hours trying to devise a plan of action. We literally like we're like laying out the pros and cons of every single thing, whether we kill it, whether we trap it, whether we leave it there. Um, and so eventually we end up, we decided to um, trap it. And then we're starting to lay out the process to trap it. And then my roommate sees its legs like creep out from under this box and then freaks out. And it's like, I can't do it. So then um, I'm like, okay, so plan B, we're going to kill it. <laughs> I go outside. I literally rip up my neighbor's sidewalk I take literally seven huge pieces of their sidewalk off, like cinder blocks, and bring them upstairs because I'm going to kill it with all these cinder blocks. So the plan was for Vanessa to move the box, and when quickly when she moves the box away, I'm going to from from uh I was at an elevated surface on t- standing on top of a chair in my kitchen, I was going to drop the cinder blocks on the beast. <laughs> the beast from the east. <laughs> um, but again. As Vanessa's trying to lift up the box, she's like, we both freak out. And we're just like, we can't do this. 
And so then we're like, we're just going to leave it. <laughs> so we put a huge plastic bin over the box. So it's double barricaded and rested all of the cinder blocks on top of it so that it weighed it down. So that right, the, it cockroaches can survive like the apocalypse. They can survive like But you assumed that they wouldn't be able to get through a cardboard box. Hey, okay. So listen, it didn't. So last night I keep hearing like the sound of its legs in my sleep and like so I had an I, I had God, they're Mary so scary they're so scary I don't know what that accent was but it made sense <laughs> 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 um, so last night when I was trying to go to sleep I like kept having nightmares about its like legs and like it's Ew. like antenna oh my God and it was in my kitchen how big was it it Give was me like a household object. I was going to say it's about, it was about the size, maybe a little bit bigger than your first two fingers pressed together. Mm. Yeah. It was a big boy. Because I've dealt with roaches before, but this was like a big boy. This was big boy he of outcast. Meals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was, he was proteining up for yeah, his workout later. For sure. He's um, but... Anyway, so then I left this morning and my landlord came over and killed it. God bless his soul. But God my bless point is, his soul. <laughs> something I would never say about my landlord. I he mean, is so he's so strong. strong but- he is stronger than all of us. Our king. <laughs> he is our king. <laughs> um, so anyway, so what this relates to homestay is I'm telling my friend Grace about this this morning when we were getting coffee. And Grace is like, oh, yeah, that's no big deal. And I was like, what do you mean it's no big deal? Like I, we had cockroaches in our where we live, where we lay our heads at night, where we cook our meals. And so Grace studied abroad in Mexico and she lived in a home in Mexico. She was, and she was telling me how there were so many cockroaches all in her house in Mexico. And she said one night she woke up in the middle of the night to a cockroach on the pillow next to her. I will see you later. I'm going to log off now and I'm going to step on. Yep. Yep. Smell you later, Mexico. Smell you later, cockroach. But so, and then she was saying that the part of the reason why she thinks she always got was getting sick in Mexico is because they have just like a different way of, um, obviously like preparing food and making food, and well, because they their country is like always like sculpturing hot. And so that's AC is really, really expensive for that reason. So most houses just don't have AC. They just like deal with the heat or they just have lots and lots of fans. So they also like don't really use refrigeration, I guess as much as we do oh my god so the way that like grace's homestay mom would prepare meals was like she would make them and then like leave them out for a couple hours and then like grace would come home and she would eat it when she got home and grace said that whenever she entered not every time but like most times when she entered the kitchen and there would be like food laying on the counters she would like hear the scurrying of like cockroaches like feet so she was like i probably got so sick because like the roaches were probably like chilling on my food before i ate it taking badoopies yeah taking badoopies probably like practicing their violin like doing whatever they please maybe playing a round of darts with each other maybe just hanging out maybe mating yeah probably Um, mating (laughs) um so yeah that made me feel a lot better about it but anyway so that's why i had such a long night last night (laughs) yeah um i'm just glad that i don't have to deal with that yeah <sighs> but um <sighs> well tell me erin tell me more unless you want to do a commercial a song break but i want to hear more about your um job interview that you oh had. yeah okay so i had this job interview um i guess it was yesterday yeah also it's been really nice in chicago so that's except been great today. except today, for this it hailed yes the weather's been horrible if today. i had a, a piece of hail dropped directly into my coffee cup this morning oh my god like a tiny like, tiny opening well this is the end <laughs> um 
so yeah, the weather's been really nice aside from the fact that it's making me sweat and it made me sweat on my way to my job interview. Mm. Partnered with the fact that I had to go up to the 67th floor. Take the stairs. Of the, yeah, <laughs> I took the stairs. <laughs> no, the 67th floor of the Willis Tower, Sears Tower, um, which I don't know about you, I'm a nervous sweater. So I was in the elevator by myself um, going up to the 66th floor and then transferring to another elevator, taking me to the 67th, sweating and shaking. So then when I walked into this, it's like this business club, really super fancy, great view, terrified of it. When I walked into the receptionist or whatever, I immediately just said, like, I was just like, do you guys not like have a heart attack every single time you come to work? And they were like, no. I was like, well, that's freaking crazy, man. And they were like, can I help you? And I was like, yes, actually, I'm here for a job interview. <laughs> and they were like, they were like, you're hey, hired. Well, why don't you take a seat? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I, it, was, it went well. Yeah, it'll be great if I get it. Aside yeah. from, I mean, I'll face my fear every single day. Yeah. Um, so that was good. Um, um, yeah. I always try to take the stairs at every chance that I can. Not to the 67th Not to the 67th floor. floor, but I was actually thinking about this today. So my mom works in... Um, uh, a hospital and one t- this past winter I went to go visit her and I can't remember what floor it was I think it was like 16 11th or 16th maybe like something like that like above 10 and she has this like best friend and she's at her work and she's like she always takes the stairs but I take the elevator and I'm like mom you should take the stairs and she's like oh she takes she can take the stairs for me but so I when I went to go visit her I was like I'm gonna try to take the stairs like my mom's friend and I <laughs> it was really really hard like I didn't realize it and it's like it's not even so much like the act of doing the stairs like I'm fine with that it's like I don't want my back to be full of sweat all day yeah and I don't want to smell all day oh and it will be especially I was and I I did have to take a staircase by the way you did for a little bit 66 to 67 I was like I am not getting back in an elevator so I took the Why? stairs. Why? Are you afraid of elevators or heights or both? Both. I was scared I was going to fall. Like, And plus, I was just in Disneyland and I went on that elevator ride. Oh, the Tower of Which just like dropped. Yeah. So that yeah. prepped me for disaster. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, so I took the stairs for like one story. So, and I was, and I was wearing my backpack. So my back. Oh, was just, that's like, the worst one. It's just stupid. trapped in there. Like, it can't soaked breathe. through. Yeah, drenched. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you, Aaron. <laughs> Sorry about the sweat on my forehead. I'm available Tuesdays. Um, well, I used to do this. I used to be terrified of elevators when I was younger. And I used to do this thing where I would always go into the elevator and I would always check like the certification mm. above where that you punch in the numbers. And it says like the date that it was last checked. Yeah. Um, and I remember one time I was in this really, really sketchy elevator oh. and it hadn't been inspected until like four years before. No. And I like... <laughs> And plus, I've never felt at the like Sears that. Tower, like a couple months ago, like did something happen? Yeah, it fell from the 80th floor. What? Yeah, it stopped it. Like the emergency brakes got it, but like, yeah, was everyone okay? Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine? Yeah, that is terrifying. talking about cockroaches padupying. Like I would have been padupying. Yeah. Okay. This is me. making me feel better. I suppose it's funny because like <laughs> my two friends hate horror movies I love horror my friends movies. Will and Vanessa they hate horror movies and I'm like why and they're like because I, I just don't want to be scared and I'm like well you know what like I think I really like horror movies and I think it's because 
the it's kind of like an artificial horror yeah, right when compared to the horrors that we deal with every right. day or like skydiving yeah you will never go skydiving no i don't think i could ever jump off of that um people are always so just like how i couldn't just like I how i couldn't that i don't want to go skydiving they're like oh but you're so like adventurous i'm like yeah adventurous, adventurous and that i'll like yeah. yeah adventurous and that i'll like go up to like like I'll be at an ice cream shop and I'll order like black olive and cream cheese ice cream. But I'm not adventurous in like jumping out of a plane. Yeah. I actually wouldn't do that one that I said. Do you think that if you got all the way up to the plane though and they open the door and they're like, okay. No, because I'm advent I'm it's funny. What would you do? You would say turn I back would around. Be like, I would love to join you on this plane ride down because someone has to drive it down, right? <laughs> Thank you for your time. You can take my money. Actually, I'd probably try to get my money back. <laughs> what if someone pushed you? What would you do? I'd scream and sue. Yeah. The two S's. <laughs> Coined back it. To back. Hashtag SS. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Okay. Do you want to take a... Um, let's take a little calm break. A little calm break, a little song break. I'm going to yeah, play... Let's um, do a little mixy of the both. Yeah, I'm gonna Mixie. <laughs> Shout out to Mixie. Shout out to Mixie. <laughs> I'm gonna um um play one of my favorite songs. It's called Is this Ox One or Ox Two that I'm on? One Ox Two. Okay. I am going to play one of my favorite songs. It's called Hungry Heart. It's by Bruce mm -hmm. Springsteen. And we will be right back with the in between and we'll have our special guest Cameron on Yay. next. So don't go anywhere. Um, we'll be right back with the in-between with Aaron and Mary-Kate. Chicago's College Connection. <laughs> and we are the facilitators. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm Mary-Kate. And you're listening to the in-between on Radio DePaul. Not your mom's closet. Yeah. Wait, what is this? Does it your, <laughs> your mom's closet? We're or your not mom? in your mom's closet. We're not in your mom's closet. No, it's your mom's mixtape. <laughs> oh, well, this isn't your, it was your mom's, mom's closet. This is the in-between, This is your guys. dad's mixtape. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you wish this was your dad's mixtape. Um, yeah, this no, is the in-between. No, this is just the in-between. We'll have to change that, sorry. Um, but anyway, I thought we'd just jump right into our topic for the day, which is, drumroll please. Da -da -da. Toxic masculinity. This was suggested by our guest that we're going to call in yeah. later, my brother Cameron. He says, because I feel like we touch on this a fair amount, mm -hmm. uh, like just like because it's, you know, so just prevalent in our lives. No, but, and that, um, that is something I wanted to talk about. Just and it how is something that um, uh, it's important that we get the male perspective. Yeah, on, but I think it sure. comes up in our conversation so much because it is a... a just a idea that is thrown around so often. And I think no one actually knows what it means. Yeah, so I did yeah. a little bit of research before this. I yeah. was on some databases, really doing my Yeah, Aaron research. just took a research class in case you guys yeah. didn't know. Um, it was on Virginia Woolf. Uh, but so <laughs> no, yeah, so I was doing some research about this because I, I, I am definitely um, guilty. guilty of using that term and really not doing enough research on about um, about it. So basically what I learned from this is that toxic masculinity was coined through... Um, a sort of study done by this scholar and psychologist, Terry Coopers. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. He is a psychiatrist or a psychologist at the Wright Institute, and he um, worked a lot in prisons. And he found that these men, because he, because in the United States, 90% of prisoners are actually male. And he found that there was this huge reluctance and aggression towards 
therapy and mental health aid because many of these inmates came in needing um, mental health aid and therapy, but they were so reluctant to do so. And um, so he kind of found this linear connection between all of these cases and coined it as toxic masculinity, which he says is the grouping of socially regressive traits that invite men to act dominantly, which could include devaluing women and other marginalized groups or commit unprovoked violence to assert their masculinity that fits into the hegemonic masculine ideology. And I'm going to let Mary A lot of big words. (laughs) Yeah, no, so that's a really, really dense definition. Um, I kind of put it into more simpler terms than it originally was, but it's kind of the idea that men are pushed into this sort of idealized definition of what it means to be masculine and when they do not meet those criteria they act violently and they assert their dominance that is pushed onto them and part of that criteria is actually acting violent being um you know devaluing women and other marginalized groups um so I'm going to let Mary Kate kind of describe what I just used the word um, <laughs> hegemonic. That's one of my favorite words. Yeah, she <laughs> loves this word. And I think it kind of puts into terms what the ideology of masculinity yeah. is. So I think that this term is mostly thrown a lot, around a lot because, well, also, I don't, I mean, I respect this definition, but like, it's very, I mean, I guess it has to be this way, but it's also very like elitist, don't you think, in its terminology? Like, I feel like it's. Like it should be able to be explained in a way that everyone can understand it. Totally. Like it shouldn't just be psychiatrists that are doing prison yes. studies to have to understand that because yes. this is something that is in every single society, like mm-hmm. that where males exist. Yeah, I mean, in Latin um, cultures, they've used for a while like machismo. I think is how you pronounce it, mm-hmm. which is basically like that sort of um, just same masculine energy and pressure that yeah men carry around with them. Yeah. And so this toxic masculinity is described as hegemonic because for those of you who don't know, hegemony basically just means anything that is an idea that is has been transmitted over like decades, usually even centuries via um, government, via media, via via socialization, anything that is kind of just dismissed as common sense. So but it actually isn't like there's actually a reason why that is the way it is so like say for example like looking back at all of our presidents what are we at what is trump 51 no he's 42 oh okay 42 i'm so sorry (laughs) i should have known that um but it's like so all of our presidents are men and when you look back at that you're like 45th 45th okay (laughs) neither of us knew (laughs) we had had the ballpark yeah (laughs) um so every single one of our presidents has been a man Mm mm-hmm and so I guess from our perspective, when you look back at that, you're like, yeah, obviously all of our pres- all of our presidents have been a man. Like, that's just kind of common sense. Like, that's just what how it's been. And it's just you the, the idea behind hegemony is that you shouldn't just dismiss it as that just because that's the way that things have been. That doesn't mean that it's right. right. And that doesn't mean that that's the way it always has to be. Um, and so essentially toxic masculinity is just kind of key is kind of a key hegemonic um idea that has been transmitted for years and years um just because um american society are there any 
first are we a first world country is that what it's called yeah okay are there any first world countries that are not patriarchal well that's kind of a interesting question to ask i don't know because a lot of people will say that like families work in a matriarchy and that like the woman has like the power and the sort of dominance and they yeah 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 that's true so i think it's kind of a Loaded question. loaded question yeah that's true but i guess what my point is is that um just patriarchal um customs have been like completely dominating yeah. the history of human existence um right, exactly and so and what that relates to toxic masculinity is that it's been sort of just we've accustomed and I'm actually not even going to say we. Men have accustomed themselves into believing that that is what they should aspire to be. Yeah. This just masculine, dominant, aggressive, violent. Yeah. You know, constantly needing to prove that they are like sort of the alpha male. Um, and this is like the worst case scenario. Obviously. Right, right, right. I'm not speaking that all men are doing this. But um, that's kind of what toxic masculinity is. Right. And um, to put it in simpler terms, just something that you might see day to day is just like the way that men aren't as comfortably able to express their emotions as women are or aren't as um uh what's not enforced but um uh like i guess supportive in their expression of emotions mm-hmm. like men are not like in even just in popular media like um men don't cry as often as women right. that kind of notion um they can't express their feelings as much and the sense that there's always this kind of inherent um competitiveness too yeah so um basically um i i so this is funny because we were literally talking about this in my class the other day so i'm taking a shakespeare class right now and this just proves how far back this dates um uh so we're currently reading the play shakespeare's play titus andronicus which is from uh i think late 15 early 1600s yeah i think it's like 1604 um, and so essentially in this play, there are these two characters, um, their names are Demetrius and Chiron, and they're both in love with this woman, Lavinia. And so they're kind of battling out their love for her. And um, then they essentially decide that, well, it's really not worth it to just battle out like this girl is not worth it. So instead, we're just gonna, it's like, just warning it's really graphic they're like we're just gonna rip out her tongue cut off her hands and rape her and yeah and so essentially so then Lavinia comes back out in like the next scene and like she has her hands cut off she has her tongue cut out um and she's been raped like multiple times by these two guys who had started out this started out because they were both quote-unquote in love with her yeah and because that there was a threat to the other one then they took out their that anger and that toxic masculinity and that need to um, win onto this woman. Yeah. Um, and so my, I was talking about it with my professor and it was basically, it was just interesting. It's, I mean, it's terrible, but her body essentially in the Shakespeare play is like, just like a playground for toxic masculinity. And so that's just a literal 1600s (laughs) example of it. No, but that's, Um, yeah. I mean, but it just proves that this is that if you're wondering what exactly this term means like that's a very very graphic example of it but but I think we could also put it into simpler terms and 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 more um, modern terms too like I think as women and as like young women we face it every day like I think catcalling I don't get catcalled every single day catcalling is a really good example of that too and I think there have been studies that have shown that when it is a group of men 
one is more likely to catcall than it is when they are just alone. Really? Because it's a sort of like competition to see like who can, you know, be the most um, out there. Manly. Who can, yeah, who can be the most manly, basically. Yeah. And they, you know, show that through devaluing women, which catcalling does. Right. Um, and so I guess just to... Um, put it more in modern terms um basically why this is this has only really started being talked about recently this the when was this term coined do you not have the date do I think you? it was like 2005 was it yeah i'm so not, I'm not very sure recent. exactly but terry um terry cooper oh god i really don't want to mess up his name mm-hmm. um terry cooper's <laughs> um came out with this essay or mm-hmm. article in 2005. I don't know if he was working off of something else, but that seems to be mm-hmm. the name that ca- I came across the most. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but are we going to talk but, about... I mean, we could probably call on Cameron soon, but um, we just wanted to give you a, a preface for like what um, it is and what we'll be asking him about, because it's really important to get the male perspective on this, but essentially it's just something that um, has lead to a lot of harm. Like It's lead to... Um, like mental health has not been talked about enough in the male community as it is with the female community right. because of this. And there is a direct connection between toxic masculinity and male suicide. Um, and just like random acts of violence. Yeah. And then also, right, random acts of violence, um, mass shootings have been linked to mm-hmm. toxic masculinity where it's obviously most of the um, mass shooters are male, um, usually white men, but um, uh, it's almost, there's almost always a, um, one of their motives is that their masculinity has been threatened in some way. Like just to quote the Parkland shooter um, killed a girl because she said no to him. Right. Um, Was, I don't know if he asked her out on a date or if he asked her to prom, it was something like that, but he killed her because she threatened his masculinity because she, and and these people are obviously, I mean, I'm, I think they're horrible people and some will also say that they are sick and they did not have the guidance or the, sort of permission to speak about their you know mental illnesses Mm -hmm. and that is a direct um link that has a direct link to toxic masculinity and the sort of repression of open conversation of mental illness and Mm -hmm. things like that um so our point is just that like to the more that we talk about this more awareness that there is of this hopefully this will help to but i think also what's key is and this is um this came out in, in an atlantic article i think partly or shortly after the Orlando shootings, um, a journalist for Salon magazine, I think it's an online publication. I'm just going to read the quote that she said. Um, it's a, so she quote, so she defined toxic masculinity as a specific model of manhood geared towards dominance and control. So when men seek that control, when we feel it's our due and don't achieve it, we can resent and hate. Toxic masculinity sets expectations that prime us for disappointment. We turn that disappointment on ourselves and on, and others as anger and hatred. And in addition to that, she also said how women can talk about it as much as they want, but the real conversation should be happening between men and boys and mm-hmm. you know older men talking to younger men and all these things um, to sort of open the conversation up and... Um, yeah, yeah. Just like how the girls get their period talk when they turn 12. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you get their hypermasculinity talk. <laughs> um, okay, so 
because it's extremely appropriate, we're going to utilize this to play one of my favorite songs <laughs> next to Hungry Heart. Um, I've actually haven't seen this movie in a really, really long time. They're coming out with a live action. What? Mm-hmm. I'm so Yeah, they're going to make Mulan like a oh freaking bad A. Um, okay, so this song is called I'll Make a Man Out of You. and It's from Mulan. Um, this is... Um, it honestly is a lot about toxic masculinity, but yeah. this is like romanticizing yeah, it. Man. Yeah, but um, it's uh, also just a jam, and I listen to it a lot when yeah. I am taking a shower usually. Um, so when we get back, we will hear from my brother, and this is I'll Make a Man of You from Mulan, and this is The In Between with Aaron and Mary-Kate. We will be right back. We will be right back. And we're back. We're back. Let's see. And we've got our lovely guest, Cameron, with us. Cameron, are you there? Cameron. Hello. There he hey. is. Okay. Hey, Blue Demons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit Lovely of technical difficulties. Sorry about that. Okay. Well, Cameron, hey. nice to meet you. Yeah, Aaron, nice to meet you over the airway airwaves. Da- dare I give you a wave? Oh <laughs> uh, my god. Take it easy there, champ. All right, we're talking about toxic masculinity. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, so Cameron, let's just start out with uh, any initial reactions to anything that you heard us talk about um, that you noted. Um, Well, um, what I first want to say is Mary-Kate sent me a link to the podcast or what have you, and I noticed that under the description the estimated audience was one now i don't know when <laughs> when this data was calculated or what have you but i'm here to say hey let's bump that up a notch you know, take baby steps let's get it to two <laughs> uh, 1.5 shouldn't uh, not for who's yeah, listening you know what? okay it up. but uh yeah We're not out for fame yeah, we do this for the kindness of our hearts i recruited a guest we have our uh me and mary kate's lovely mother on the line hi mom hi mom um, hi. dad's listening too hi dad oh yeah dad's on too so that's three we got um, sweetie and buddy here we got four out of four omiras <laughs> in the room uh, my so my mom called me before i came on she wanted to hear and her and like parents and technology is pretty undefeated she <laughs> asked me it was said it wouldn't play and so she asked me how to re i told her to refresh the page and she goes all right how do i refresh it on a lenovo as <laughs> if refreshing a web browser is different on different laptops <laughs> but uh i digress so, <laughs> okay yeah, so Cameron, let's get back to uh, uh masculinity. yeah do you want me to reread the definition or did you get it um no i got it um what is it to you as a yeah i mean i i'm kind of with you mary kate about how it can sort of and almost should be dumbed down like props to you aaron for all that research but when i think of it i just think of like guys combating guys or guys combating girls in a negative way because of societal and like um pressures that they have got from their upbringing Uh um, what the idea of masculinity is and like because of that um that combat it results in something negative whether it be to one of those guys both of those guys or the female so Mm -hmm. um that's the way i look at it um and like it definitely is like prevalent in every day and everyone's life like when I think of it most, I just think of like guys going at each other, just trying to get the last word or going on power trips yeah. or like guys going after girls and like, like sexual assault. And have you heard that? Have like, you heard of the term mansplaining? 
I don't really like it. I don't really like it, but like I think that that is like a really mean way of like talking about toxic masculinity. Mansplaining is basically when like a girl is trying to say something and a guy just like doesn't let her get a word in and is just constantly talking over her. And if you literally sit, yeah, and if you literally just sit in a college classroom, like it happens all the time. I feel like I mansplain people. (laughs) You do, Erin. You really do. Um, Sorry, Cameron, I didn't mean to interrupt. Keep going. Yeah, no, no, you're good. That was was good stuff. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, it's just like prevalent every day. And like the reason why I wanted to bring it up was because, um, well, it's been a it's been a tough year for for rap artists, obviously, with mm-hmm. the shooting of XXX Tentacion, um, who I liked a lot. Um, I know is p- viewed as as a piece of shit in people's eyes. Um, He's definitely I, muted on my Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like to. I mean, that brings up the whole like separate artist and art argument, and yeah. mm-hmm. I definitely like to separate it there because i really enjoy his music mm-hmm. um and like i mean with all the stuff he's done you can even bring up toxic toxic masculinity there but like mm-hmm. from first his shooting which was like ironically just over like someone wanted to like rob him we didn't even know who it was um then mac miller dying obviously was tragic and then like nipsey hustle which just happened a week or two ago and um what i heard what happened was how um someone got released from jail came to nipsey hustle and said um, blah blah blah. Then Nipsey Hussle said, "Hey, aren't you a snitch?" Whatever. Kind of told him to screw off, and um, and then he came back and shot him. So, and then like obviously um, on cue, woke Twitter tried to yeah. like point fingers at like some sort of social commentary as to the cause of this death, which mm-hmm. I don't like when that happens. But it's like, can we just honor this guy for like a little bit before trying to make all these theories? But I mean, I did see a tweet about how talk, toxic masculinity was a root behind it. And do you want to read it? That just kind of sparks. Do you want me to um, read it everything. or do you want to read it? You can read it okay. um, if you have it in front of you. I don't remember yeah. what it said. Yeah, I'll pull it up. Um, so the tweet says, and this is like going back to like, like Aaron and I said in the beginning of the episode, people kind of just throw this term around toxic masculinity as a way to like demonize men, I think a lot without actually knowing what it means. Um, but I think that in this is one of the like specifically on Twitter I think like Twitter like stuff just thrown around and oh, like people yeah. just don't know what they're talking about and it will still get like a zillion likes because it's like, like that sounds appearing good. like woke yeah yeah okay so the tweet Cameron's talking about is uh Nipsey was murdered because a man from his same set was embarrassed and felt Nip disrespected him toxic masculinity is very much a thing and I hope the very ones who consistently tell us it doesn't exist recognize its manifestation here and join us in the work to undo it so basically, just to reiterate what Cameron says, like, kind of like toxic masculinity drove the person to shoot um, Nips. What's his name? Nips? Yeah. Right? Nipsey Hustle. Yeah. Nipsey Hustle. I mean, um, you call him Nips, I guess. Nips. So. Um, basically, to get the last, like, word in, almost. Yeah. Basically, to get the last word in was, like, his killing him, right? Because yeah. he can't, Nips can't do anything after he's killed him. So it kind of just seems like it got to that point where he had to win and yeah. he had to. It's like he told me off to do something about this. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, so do you think you think Cameron that toxic masculinity is negatively affecting the rap community? Yeah, I mean definitely, but like I think there are definitely a lot of good artists that you know try to speak into how like guys should like talk about their feelings, and like I think that um, there's a lot of people out there that recognize it. Um, I think that. 
it's looked at in a bad way because of like the literal wording toxic is like a yeah, pretty yeah, I was that. negative adjective yeah um so like i don't even know if i necessarily agree with that like wording of i mean i'm, I'm th- i think some of the actions are obviously toxic but i think that just puts a terrible connotation on it and we'll like and like literally ironically some guys will just be <laughs> so masculine be like nah, bro i don't want to yeah talk about yeah. that you know so it's like um so i don't know true. there's the uh can go both ways but i think overall it's going to be very very difficult to overcome it i think that's gonna be something that will almost always be prevalent because i think it is just simply human nature that's just what i i think it's think. hegemonic i don't think it's human nature no, i don't think it is either but i i was wondering cameron like what you feel about the um opening up the conversation between men about it like because it's you know it's all fine and good that two women on a radio show are talking to a man about it but we're not the ones really you know like you have much more power in combating this yeah. than we do no it's it's hard it's it's hard it's almost like someone to even bring that conversation up would already have to be in power which is why like people mm-hmm. with a large voice like would have to be the ones who start that because people follow them and look up to them you know but like it would almost be a thing where like i'm trying to like picture in my head bringing that up if i'm just like sitting with a room of bros drinking beers like what do you guys think what talks masculinity like, what's your stance they would all just laugh at me you right know? Because, like, and that is an example of toxic masculinity because yeah. it addresses your feelings like directly and um that is one of the it like right. collapses limits. on itself yeah yeah right and i think yeah i mean exactly and it's something that would be very tough to bring up in that situation and which is why like i don't know it's just like it's just the word, you know, the word pussy just gets thrown around all the time and people call guys soft and what have you, yeah. um, just be, for, just for expressing their feelings. So like it, it happens. And like, another thing I think is what is like a exhibit a case is I had a lot of friends still do that only view females as either a sexual partner or nothing. And like, that's mm-hmm. it. Like you can't be like just friends with a girl. So Cameron, um, and- how do you, how are you able to still see those people as friends, I guess, is my question. <laughs> these, these guys? Yeah. In other words, how dare you? <laughs> um, just like, I well, I mean, I get it that it's way easier said than done because I think girls just talk about stuff more so than guys. Yeah. But like, but if that's... I had a girlfriend who was that dehumanizing to one of their like partners or whatever like I would be like you're being a bad person (laughs) but I don't think I feel like it's not it's not as easy for you to say that to them because of toxic masculinity which is why this keeps collapsing on itself um but I guess I'm just asking like what what do you think we should do like what do we do about this if we can't really talk about it who's who's we in this question you you I guess like what should you do I guess I'm asking. That's 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 very hard. Um, yeah. Like, do you I think mean, in an ideal situation, you let's say um, overhear your friend talking, or he's talking directly to you about this girl that he's seeing, and you know is just totally objectifying her? Do you think in an ideal situation you would say something like, "Hey, that isn't right." Um. Yeah. I'm talking about like yeah. yeah. Um. Well, yeah. I mean, like. You mean just like basically dehumanizing her almost and like how he's how he's talking totally yeah like what you've okay. described as like some of the people that you know yeah yeah um i just like wouldn't really like go along with it i'm it's it's one of those things where it's like you know your audience and like if that joke is like 
being said, and I have been in a room where that's happened like multiple times, mm-hmm. you know your audience and they're going to laugh along with it or go along with it. Um, and like it is in a joking manner, but like that's another conversation like, oh, I was just joking, you know, or right. like what have you. Um, but I just would like. Well, it would backfire. Steer clear from. Go ahead. It would just it would just backfire if you were to straight up like stand up and be like, hey, man, that's not cool. Like yeah. you're well, you're, yeah, being, just, you're being you're being like I'm literally being a, a wet towel. And I'm it just would, like, OK, dude, it would backfire on you. Like all your friends would be like, Cameron, like, who do you th- like? What do you know? <laughs> like, you know, yeah, like, dude, we're so, just joking around. What are you saying? Yeah, but um, don't you think yeah. that that I mean, I, I don't think you're arguing against this. Correct me if I'm wrong to say that that is, I mean, kind of an example of toxic masculinity, not being able to stand up for what yeah. you I mean, no it, no, it absolutely is. And that's the, that, that's the problem. And like, but like me specifically, I don't think that like if I were to stand up in a room and say that would make any change whatsoever. I think huh. it would have to come from like a, so like I said, someone more of high power and something that would progressively keep happening over time. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like being hard on myself and saying I don't have a voice, but like. Well, I don't uh, know. I mean, I totally see that. And I think that kind of goes with any sort of big issue that we face like a lot of people say like oh well my opinion like I don't matter like I'm not going to really make a difference like we need like people in power to be making Mm -hmm. these changes but I don't know I I guess I kind of I don't know I I also um well Cameron you just said you were just talking to your roommate about this didn't you I did yeah so you guys do talk about this because I brought it up to him yeah but like that was a different situation where like if a joke is said and like I were to just like completely just dampen the mood with like a comment like that and like mm-hmm. i do that so like, I mean, much these days me too. Feels yeah like i mean like job. as long as you're good friends with them i, I would say something yeah. you know i guess it depends on the context but but yeah i mean guys it's not like every guy is out here saying this kind of stuff yeah but um but yeah no that's a good point i think that that's toxic masculinity within itself because i guess like in that example i would be not afraid but just like You'd be ostracized. Pa- passive, passive on you... like making a comment. Yeah. What I said you would be ostracized if you had. Right. Just because I'd be afraid or like passive of the outcome and just not worth getting made fun of for being, you know, quote unquote soft. Right. Um, or what have you. So it's toxic masculinity within and itself. I honestly you know? think that it's absolutely bizarre that this is still a thing. Like. I, this just reminds I'm, me so much of like I'm not shocked. stuff that I <laughs> mean like not either. I'm not either but I just like maybe it's just like this just sounds so like middle school to me like all of this like I, I just can't believe that well, yeah you know what I mean and like and what my roommate Dan said when I asked him about it he, he his his main thing which was just like guys are just so stupid and like blind to like see what they're doing you know I think that's mm-hmm. kind of goes behind it like i don't know you guys have both been to bars like the stuff that i see on like in the nightlife in a city like this it's it's crazy you know it's like yeah no guys grabbing stuff and like these conversations i hear it's like like why i just my big thing is like why do you have to be such a d-bag you know it's like yeah it's because their their masculinity has been threatened when they if they get when they get rejected or or they just genuinely believe that like that is what will get them higher up in the ranks of the hierarchy of our society yeah. like you know yeah. on a small scale or, or a the, large scale yeah yeah or it's like, like their upbringing like it's a group of friends you're in if like it's cool in your group to you know have a have a large so, body count you're going to want to compete and do that you know or right. 
what do, have you, so. do you ever notice a difference in conversations when you're with like a smaller say if you're going out with like just like two guys is like yeah like i'm curious like the difference between like if you're going out with a big group of guys as then with if well because at least i notice when i go out with a smaller group of people we always end up having like more <laughs> like profound conversations i think yeah, um <laughs> but like in bigger groups it's like you're kind of everyone kind of just like like succumbs to this like basic surface level type of like yeah, socialization like and i think that in. yeah and you're just like going to talk about stuff that you know everyone will relate to but what do you um, yeah like and you, so i guess is that part of it too like when you're in a big group of guys like that toxic masculinity is heightened because they know that subconsciously everyone will be able to relate to it kind of yeah yeah i think that's a good point and i think that it more so i think in like a college situation like your guys standpoint like i'm out of college now so like i'm going out with a select and like choice group of friends right. so mm -hmm. which a majority of them a have girlfriends and b when we go out we just like play games at bars and stuff yeah. i don't know we don't really we like we're pretty like tame i guess like respectful and tamed in that manner yeah. yeah um but um but like say in college for example like my school is a lot smaller than nepal i went to ithaca um and uh you know when you're at a bar there you see so many people you know and you if you don't know everyone you at least know of a lot of people so it's like you're having these like conversations with people who you probably wouldn't have a conversation with yeah you know walking to class or something and right. i think that's where it happens and it's just like from guy to guy it's just quickly assumed that um a the goal is to look at that girl and go home with her and we're gonna do everything we kind of do it you know so yeah. that's well, that's interesting. That's how it is. It's interesting that you say that because I feel like so because it's just Aaron and I on the show. So <laughs> I feel like often we'll like we talk about this kind of stuff and it's just you and I and I worry that we jump to conclusions. But yeah. he just backed up an argument that I made a couple weeks ago. We were talking about when guys go out mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I don't think this is true, but it's just interesting to hear you say that. Like I was like, do guys go out for any other purpose other than to find someone to sleep with at the end of the night? <laughs> and that was, I asked that and like, obviously that's not true for everyone. No generalization is, but like, it's funny to hear you say that because I think that in the back of their minds, yeah. that might always just kind of be there looming. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. Mary Kate too, for some people, like not for everyone, obviously like me personally, I'm not going out. I'm, I want to have fun. Yeah. That's me. That's my goal. But like, uh, some people, yes, I, I know people personally that, and you that can always like, angle. and you can spot those people at the bars too. It's always like oh, a group of so like three gross. guys, like dressed, like, you know, they tried like way too hard on their, their outfits. Still. Yeah. <laughs> still wearing yeah. their jackets. Um, but I mean, beers but I mean full. so like, <laughs> But to me, that there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're like Being respectful. respectful. Yeah, of course. Yeah, like there's nothing wrong with that. All that's just like people have their own intentions when they go out. You know. Mm -hmm. I also think um, we're some like, people even want to like network and like do yeah, this is when they go this out, is true. It's true. It depends where you're going out and like also like I was saying, I was just thinking this. Like we're all like in our early twenties. Like I think that's definitely more common for our age group than it is for like you know, if you were to go out when you're like 30 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It might just, mm -hmm. we just might have a different perspective on that. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, um, some people might just want to go for a beer on wine. On yeah. Week, you know? What's wrong with know. that? <laughs> yeah. N nothing at all. Um, <laughs> a little beer never killed nobody. A little, but, a little, a little yeah. happy hour. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Um, but yeah, being, be, just being a guy is interesting and like, I don't know. Like, it's just, do you it's, think, Cameron, it's do you think it's, has it gotten yeah. better as you've gotten older? Do you find it's easier to talk about your feelings and stuff like that with other men as you've gotten older? Like, have you noticed uh, it improve well, at all? Or do you, have you seen it get worse or, mm, or about the yeah, same? As, as, as I get older, yes. But like, that's why, I mean, if I, when I do that, I only do it with people I'm close with. So they're not going to like, you know, be just so quick to just like shut it down. Like, dude, what are you talking about feelings? That's not my language. That's not my language, bro. Yeah. But uh, no, but that's also why, like, to another point that I made is how, like, I don't know, I, I value having like female platonic friends yeah. as Cameron has so um, many girlfriends. <laughs> so <laughs> many. That's what, like, and that's how a lot of this, like, came up is because, like, I'd be seen with like a girl or whatever. And then, like, I tell my guy, I'm like, dude you hitting that like stuff, like whatever i'm like dude no we're just kind of hanging out i don't know I, I yeah you know that's just how it is and like i don't know because whenever i do want to you know express my feelings or emotions or if i'm feeling emotional i that's mo- that's who i'll turn to sometimes because like that girls just like eat that stuff up you know what i mean so um yeah and like how guys like well we've been quickly assume that a we're bit more conditioned you know, to accept emotional expression than men have so yeah right i mean i think yeah. it's literally scientifically proven that girls are more emotional like in like the literally their your dna i'd like you know am to i show wrong? me that article <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking show me that database we're, we're um here, so. i want to say yes I get what you're saying, but I'm almost sure that a lot of it is not scientifically proven. Yeah. It's not a result of science. It's a result of cultural yeah, I, I really think um, it is. pressures as opposed huh. from like genetics. Um, but I do know that like just to get. I'm going to re- disagree there, but let's go ahead. Keep let's, going. let's exchange articles later. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I do know that from a scientific perspective, like um, we learned about someone in my class just because this is going to get really, really, really meta. But basically, and we also have to wrap it up. We're going way over. But this is important. So basically, like, men, like, their goal, they're, like, talking very back to when the homo sapien split from the homo erectus or whatever it was. Males produce way more sperm than female eggs do. Mm -hmm. And that's why men are more, supposedly, more sexual than females are because they have their goal, like, their subconscious... um, primitive goal in life is to spread their sperm as much right. as possible and they produce more sperm than females produce eggs right. and so that's why men are perceived as or m- usually come off as huh. more sexual than females because they need their like subconscious goals to always get their children out and have as many children as possible and get spread as much perm- as sperm as possible um so okay. with that i thanks. think that that could be yeah i told you was, we're getting we're thanks. getting really down to the Th- yeah Th- thanks doc when's the exam tune in next week slides online yeah yeah, yeah find the slides or... on on d2l okay. um so that can be i think that can be used as a piece of evidence as to why men are more competitive with one another and why they might be seen as more innately um I guess I guess more like if we're talking like like body versus mind why they would be more associated with the body and why then the female counterpart would be more associated with the mind um okay but that's the only interesting that's the only evidence I have for that right. okay um we don't I mean we don't have to go down that path but that's 
good uh let's good just facts. let's just start at the state of human existence but, <laughs> but, yeah. um is are we in a simulation yeah <laughs> but, um, you guys seen the truman show uh, i don't know yeah. man uh, um, Jim crazy now huh but, um, yeah we'll, we'll but, talk about that later gonna, yeah but i mean um, like also at the same time i think another motivation for guys to be masculine is because not only is are some guys perception this but i think it is very true in most cases like girls are attracted attracted to masculinity like yeah kim and i were talking about this recently i'm just like it really go ahead Aaron. oh no, no no you can continue your thought oh i mean like i was just like i really think it is true and like the you know the saying nice guys finish last is is i think true to an extent um, but like that's also why like have you seen the memes where it's like they're pretty cruel I mean <laughs> you guys want to get a laugh out of this but it's like where it'll show like guy guy becomes a feminist like still waiting to get laid like kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. it's like but it's true it's like guys girls don't really go for like the emotional guy who's going to open up and be woke and stuff like that I have that, to say at that, least that from my experiences that is a I would argue is a repercussion of toxic masculinity in the way that women have been affected by it we yeah. are conditioned to um we have been conditioned through societal norms to yeah seek that sort of um toxic mm-hmm. masculine framework because well, you also but, always point. want you always want what you can't have and if in a world in toxic masculinity where it's kind of like survival to the fittest for men or always in a co- competition with one another um women are inevitably going to want if we're speaking in terms of a toxic toxic masculine like hierarchical like yeah. you know survival of the fittest women are going to want the manliest of the man so i mean yeah that I, makes sense um, from a primitive perspective. <laughs> I I think just like it's important to note at least, well, I think it's just maybe my opinion, but I think it's mainly cultural and societal um, expectations rather than scientific. And hegemony. Yes. It's all hegemonic. And then scientific um, evidence. Um, like I think everything can be sort of traced back to the ways that we have been conditioned, both, you know, genders and sexes and things like that. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah. it's definitely a, a fascinating topic, and I loved talking to you, Cameron, about it because um, I honestly don't talk much about it with my male friends, and which is yeah, so ironic I mean, because that's not a, that's not doing anything to help it. Yeah, <laughs> you know. I know, and like the thing is, there's so many guys out there who are just so like blind to it, or like my roommate was saying, or just like so dumb they don't realize like what they're saying is like really hurting a girl's feelings or what have you. And like, I feel like if if you guys were to even like bring on a guy who you think may like examine that, um, Mm -hmm. that would be a very interesting conversation. Mm -hmm, Um, But that would also be pretty controversial. We could battle it out on the air. I may lead to a a very aggressive hang up by someone. Yeah. um, Yeah. As of the flip phone days. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, that flip phone. Um, but yeah, this was slap. great. I thank you guys so much for having me on. It was thank great. you, Cameron. It was a pleasure thank talking you, to you. Thank you, Cameron. It was yeah, really, really good. Uh, so, All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank um, you, listeners. We'll be back this time next week, mon- Wednesday night, 9 p.m. with The In Between. With Aaron. And Mary-Kate. And... Another guest besides me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening.